This is exactly right. I'm Babs Gray, and I'm feeling like all these non-mask wearers were not theater kids in high school, as we who were... Fuck, I fucked this up. Hold on. Let me try. This is too long of a tweet to read on a podcast. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got this. You got this. I also... I started drinking at noon because I've been very stressed out. Okay. Oh! I, <laughs> oh saucy Barbara today. I'm Babs... Yeah, I'm... I'm Babs Gray, and I... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I'm Babs Gray, and I'm feeling like all these non-mask wearers never did theater in high school, as we who did are fully adapted to looking like a dweeb in public. There it is. <laughs> Long way to go. Um, you know, it was worth it, and I thank you for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Brandy Posey, and Bigfoot hasn't had a human sighting in weeks. <laughs> yeah, switched it around. Ah. Uh, I'm Tess Barker, and we seriously have to keep doing shit like every single day, huh? <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Thank you for joining us on Lady Lady Week. I think I think this is seven from court. I can't seven remember. Really yeah. yeah. At this point. It's day 50-something at this uh-huh. point. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a lot. Do yeah. you guys feel like, I feel like the last month went by in like two hours. Like, I feel like the first month went by in like five years. And then the mm-hmm. last month, like, I went to sleep and I woke up and I was done. Yeah. Now yeah. that it's kind of like our life now, it's like, it, it's just a very, time is passing in a very strange way. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Let's let's bring on our guest. She is a hilarious comedian. She had an amazing show called Christella, which is after her name, Christella. <laughs> what if it wasn't the name of the like? What if it wasn't my name? The executives are just like, look, go with me on this. Yeah. <laughs> the name of the show. I had a server at a restaurant that had this name. I love her, Christella. <laughs> did you deba- when you did? De- did you debate on like giving yourself a different name and everything? Or you oh, just, like, you know, the, uh, you know, um, they actually the, are the ones that told me the show. The name of the show was my name. I didn't want to oh, do oh, that. Nice. I didn't want to do that at all because I always thought that I wanted it to be an ensemble show. I yeah, want. Yeah. I didn't right. want to be the person that led the show. I mm. wanted it to be an ensemble show because I always told people, uh, not everyone's going to like me. So every character has to be likable. And every yeah, character yeah. matters. And everybody's like, I hear you, Christella, coming this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, like yeah. no pressure whatsoever. I feel like Tylee things is such a fucking nightmare. And like, especially if it's something that's about yourself, like there had to be some relief too of just like, great, let's just call it that. Yeah. You know, it's a really, (laughs) honestly, I kind of, uh, the show is so personal. It was based on my real life, except for the law thing. I actually, uh, you know, the law thing, I thought it was easier to explain to certain people that didn't understand stand up. Because right. yeah. the the coming up of like stand up is so strange. No, it's too yeah, it's it's no, so normal for us, but everyone else is like, What the fuck is this? We don't exactly. understand. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I wanted yeah. to come up with something that was tangible that also took a long time. But mm-hmm. you know, it, so right. people always right, right. ask you, Are you that thing yet? 
You know what I mean? So, right? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's well, weird. they are pretty similar. It's like there are a lot of uh, lawyers that are that become comedians at a certain point, right? Well, you know, I went. I was a, a theater major in college, and so mm. many of the people I went to school with went to law school. You know, yeah. so it was like it's a natural. It, you're performing. Oh yeah, I mean, we love arguing. We want to be right all the time. So yeah, yeah. you're yeah, performing you both in one way or another. But I think we all, like, want the law and order law school experience when, like, actually you're reading, like, tedious verbiage and, like, sorting through a bunch of, like, torts and finding yeah. out what torts mean. Yeah. I would only do law school if it was, like, legally blonde. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. I want to have an opinion but also be wacky, and that's why I'm a comedian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we get to give the perm monologue without having to fall in love with Luke Wilson. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I will somehow end up dressed like a bunny to a party that I shouldn't be at. You know? <laughs> it all ends up like that no matter what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Party. It's funny because I kind of started... I mean, I liked parties, like, of people, my friends, but I kind of started getting out of, like, liking parties in the last few years, Mm -hmm. and now I'm, like, I just miss, like, the most dumb shit. Like, I want to, I would happily go to a party full of acquaintances I have nothing in common with, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, just the small talk, the awkward small talk of it all, and, like, that moment where you both just take that moment of silence and look at your phone and walk away from each other. I can't wait to do that to somebody again. I can't wait to just have a moment where I'm like, well, we've said all the words and we just don't like each other anymore. I like those random exits when when we say that we're going to come back, but we know we're not. (laughs) Yes. It's just nicer for everyone involved. Everyone knows you're not coming back. It's just more pleasant. I know. My favorite's like, hey, let me go get a drink. I'll be right back. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to be at a party where I have told so many people that I have to go to the bathroom to get out of a conversation that the whole party thinks I have IBS. That's what I can't wait for again. Someday, everyone's like, Brandy just keeps shitting. What's happening? No, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. I mean, the worst is somebody you're trying to escape and then you just keep seeing them everywhere. And like, it's not even necessarily that you're, you're probably both trying to escape, but you both keep seeing each other and there's just nothing you can do. But it's also one of the most honest moments in a life, I think, is that moment where you both make eye contact and then break eye contact. Cause you're like, no, I, I just don't, I don't want to. I, it's, it's a truly freeing moment that when you both agree. I think that the older you get to, you have those moments and then you get to an age where you look at that person. You're like, bitch, we don't have to have this moment. <laughs> you know? And it's no, nice. No, no. It's like the merciful thing to do. It is. It's like, oh, look, yeah. why are we wasting our time? Exactly. We can, I am so sick and tired. This is one thing I get so sick and tired of is that when we become, you know, after a certain number of years, everybody pretends that everybody's lovely. And sometimes mm-hmm. people are not lovely. And it's okay. No. And look, it's not that they're not great people to someone else, but you guys don't click. And it's okay mm-hmm. to say that you don't click. And I don't yeah. know why, especially in, in stand-up, we always have this assumption that everybody everybody's cool with everybody. You know, but yeah. the thing is, we all know we're not. There's people no. that you know who yeah. you're not with. You know, so no. we got more beef than Felipe's actually. Like we <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean we're all like very opinionated, loud, a difficult people. Like we seem fun, but then when you're around non comics, you're like even if you're the nicest comic, you're like, oh, I might be an asshole. Oh, I might- totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think even even if even if you were in a room with 50 people who were all legitimately good, nice people, 
I don't yeah. have time. You think I have time to know all of you? I don't. Like, we all know the people we know. I'm not making any new best friends. Like, yeah. it's yeah. like I might know a few key things about your life, but that's as far. That's as much as it's getting in here anymore. I can't. <laughs> the brain is at capacity. I'm done. Also, like, I feel like I'm usually up to such weird shit. That it's like, I don't, I can't talk to you unless you have three hours. I don't have like the kind of life where I can tell you what I've been doing over a cigarette, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So what's going on? I'm like, um, just a, multiple investigations. I'm getting down a conspiracy rabbit hole. Everything's going real crazy over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell us about what's going on with you, Brandy, because this oh. is uh, very interesting to me. Okay. Ooh. Christella, I have a I have a Peloton. I bought it a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, I, I shot a pilot that I used the money to buy it. I fucking love it. I I feel very smug about it right now. I've been riding it all the time. I love it. But they've started doing a thing. So it used to be like the classes were like them in studio with a bunch of other people live. And yeah. then the beginning of this, then it became just the instructor in studio and with like nobody on any of the other bikes. And then they went dark for a week where they were just doing encore rides of older rides. And now they're all doing these, quote, ride from homes where they're all like doing like hosting the rides from the from their bikes in their homes. But when you look at all of them together, all of their homes have white walls. They all are lit perfectly well, like from the outside, too. They all have like brand new art on the walls. Mm. I like don't think they're in their homes. I think that they made fake studios for all these riders and they're still going in. But because it's like. Because it's a quarantine, they like they're not essential workers, so they're like secretly going in to record somewhere. I like what I, I was watching. A it ride really last does night. look like it because you were she was pointing yes. out on her, on videos on Instagram, and it looks like a set. You know, it looks yeah. it does not look like any apartment, and they all look the same. So you're like, yes. it's very strange that all of these teachers would have apartments that look the exact same. No, I will tell you right now because I still have my yoga membership, and because mm-hmm. of that, I can like take classes. You know, at all the yoga yeah. works. Those ladies are teaching like they got a cat crawling over them. You see their like okay. busted yeah, like Monet prints. Yeah, you can see it at home. Yes. You can yeah. see the home yes, of yes, it all. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah. This is like they they all look like they're in brand new spaces. Also, the one, the one ride I did last night that I really went down a hold on. She was saying, you know, this is my basement, but she was next to a window that had shades on it. Basements no. don't have windows. Some but of them do. Saying, I have seen a basement with a window. It's it's not a win- <laughs> It's not a base. It's not a basement. Then you can't have a window in a basement. Then it's it's a it's a second level. A basement is completely underground. But they have like half. You know those like yeah. things that have half windows. Yeah. I just I just don't I don't. That's not, Brandy. That's so not, yes. When at what point did you realize that you're in a cult? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe right now. <laughs> this might be it. I'm trying to get out. Well, actually, because I so I joined the Peloton Facebook group to post about it because I was like, this would be funny to troll these people. They are not having it. They're all posting angry <laughs> gifts at me, calling me a flat earther and all this oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> They're so You're mad at me You're going to start the Peloton revolution. <laughs> I really am. It's really funny. They're all so mad at me. They're just like, don't you have anything better to do than come here and like make up conspiracy theories no, about the instructors? None of us do. No, no this is, is what no. I do. I, I like I'm saving it. I think later tonight I'm gonna comment and be like, "Geez, you guys believe this? I bet you all believe Epstein killed himself too." Just really <laughs> upset everybody yeah, on this thread. Try to get, get the heart get rates banned. up, baby. Get the heart rates up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's like because spin class is the most culty of group exercise. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Of all the ones I've ever been to, like I, that's why I like having the bike at home, so I don't have to deal with spin people in person. 
It's nice. I can just get off. I can also just tell them to fuck off the entire time during my ride. I'm just like cursing like a sailor constantly. It's very fun. I, I just bought a bike much more. for my mm-hmm. apartment. But nice. But I didn't want to do the pillow. I didn't want to. I would. I, I didn't want to. I wasn't sure yeah. if I was going to like it. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a big investment. It for sure is. On yeah. a whim. So I found this super yeah. cheap bike on Amazon nice. uh, that fits in like a small apartment space. Yeah. And it folds up. And, <laughs> nice. And I got to tell you, I love that little thing. I got it for like a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's awesome. Like it's got great reviews. I love this shit. Yeah, and I ride it every day, and I did it because I take Mm. Pilates, Mm. and there's a bunch of people in the studio that I don't. First of all, I this is my first studio class. Mm. I didn't know that people that work out in classes go to. It's like they tour the city. For different yeah. studios that they yes, work they at, do. like they all recognize each other. Like, hey, are you from Cardio Pilates? Boxing? It's a little much. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a subculture yes. of all of it. So mm-hmm. um, they were all talking about a cycling class, and I can't remember. It wasn't like Soul Cycle, but it was something kind of similar. And yeah. it did seem very culty. That immediately yeah. I thought I can't do this class. So yeah. that's why I bought it at home because I wanted to be myself. Yes. <laughs> like, oh yeah, hundred you know? percent. 100%. Well, the spin instructor is the instru- instructor, I think, that gets to be the most inspirational. Because, like, you're really, like, you're pushing your heart as hard as possible. And they're just like, feel it, baby. You've got this. We're all queens. Don't put your head down because then your crown will fall off. They're yelling shit like that oh, you boy. the entire time. <laughs> and it's like in the moment, you're like, I'm a million dollars. This is amazing. And then, you know, then you get off your bike and you look at all the dust around your house. And you're like, not really a queen, am I? Okay. <laughs> Queens have people to clean this. <laughs> Do you guys think, because I love working out and I love workout classes, but I have mm. never mm. stuck my toe in the CrossFit pool. Like that no. to me. That's very culty. Yeah. Have any of you guys tried CrossFit? Uh, no. I, I To me, CrossFit looks like a moving company that's about to open. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Nathan for you episode. <laughs> yeah, like right now. Like, like, it always looks like they're moving furniture. It always looks like they're just like, you know, I'm like, I don't even know what to tell you. I, I like, know. When are you going to need to lift a tire that big? Like, yeah. <laughs> and like the idea of paying $30 to lift a tire is just yeah. so repugnant to me. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. something about it that, I, you know, at least with Pilates, I know the history of it. They kind of, mm-hmm. they, they teach you the history or, you know, a lot of the moves. It's like, well, Joseph Pilates did this. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know Chuck CrossFit. Like, who's this guy? Who is well, this we guy? all know Chuck CrossFit. We just don't know the guy himself. Exactly. But we know we, the type. Yeah, we, we, all, know that guy. we have all crossed with Chuck CrossFit. We all have those. Yeah, I, I mean, let's, I'm going to admit it. If I had enough money, I'm sure I'd be one of those people. But th- that shit is expensive as fuck. Like, I've looked yeah. into it multiple times, and it's like, I'm like, there's no way I could afford to be in this cult. Well, unfortunately, it is like very like it's a a full lifestyle where like CrossFit really is like you hang out afterward. You get your like it's like it's so I'm like, no, I just want to come in and like do my hour and then go take a shower and not think about this again until the next time that I do this. I don't want to like hang out and like I mean, I like the idea of lifting really heavy weights like that looks very enticing to me. Mm. And Mm. I don't like going to the when you know, when gyms existed. um, Mm-hmm. I didn't like going by myself to try and lift weights because it's very, like, awkward. I don't like yeah. it. I don't know what, what, all the procedure and everything. Mm-hmm. Very so intimidating. I, it's like walking up to the crafts table in Vegas. Like, you don't know what to say or do. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I've never done that, and that looks very scary to me. So, that's the appeal I could see of CrossFit. I think it's a little more, since you're in a group, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're not just out there on your own, like, looking like a fucking idiot trying to do mm-hmm. it. But I'm, I'm, but I'm sure I'll, I've, I've always said this. I will have a CrossFit phase. I know it's going to happen. I apologize. <laughs> no, in advance, no apology necessary. It will be annoying as fuck. Yeah. And it's going it's going to no. I'm, I'm surprised that Scientology hasn't pivoted into the CrossFit world. It feels like if they like very secretly started something like a CrossFit, they could get the membership back up, but like not call it Scientology. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah why isn't there like a? I, that is interesting. I, we haven't seen like a religious workout kind of. Yeah, mold. like if you well, can yoga, carry this title, you're chosen. Yeah, tire, you're chosen, right? Like yeah, that's yeah, 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 exactly. Right? Like, exactly. Can you lift this tire? You're one of the chosen ones. Please <laughs> come and hang out. Can I tell you guys something? I yeah. also, as we're talking about this, I'm realizing this is a totally unfounded fear. But I have a fear that if I lift something really heavy, my butthole's gonna fall out. What? <laughs> what? Your butthole's right. not a banana. <laughs> Let's just say something here. We've been doing this podcast for eight years, and this has never been talked about. I think I have a fear. Like I just like physically feel like my butthole will fall out if I lift something too heavy. Like like the strength, well, like the, the, the strenuous train, effort. Like it's just, oh my god, it's so heavy. Plop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's like the opposite. Is gonna, yeah, yeah, the opposite. Yeah. And also, this is coming from somebody who drinks so much caffeine that I'm assuming their butthole is falling out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a high risk population for sure. <laughs> We've all got those irrational fears, you know. Um, yeah, we all have the butthole theories in our life. We all have them. We all have yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We all, we yeah. all have them. Opinions are like buttholes. We're all scared of them falling out. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna take a break i think that was a good seriously spot. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll be right back we'll be back in a second <laughs> all right welcome back to the lady to lady i'm brandy i'm babs i'm tess and we're with Costella. Hey guys, hey, where are you? Guys? <laughs> what part of the, what part of LA are you in? Costella? I'm in. Uh, I always say I'm in West Hollywood. Uh, okay. Because nice. I've lived here. I live. I've lived in LA since 2005, but I don't know the neighborhood still. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. feel like the neighborhoods are so. It's they're kind of nebulous sometimes. Really are. So I always yeah. say I, I live by the Beverly Center. Nice. Yeah, West Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. The Beverly Center especially is a little bit net. I think like because West Hollywood that seems a little past West Hollywood almost. Yeah. Also, Priscilla, are you a little hesitant to say that you live in Beverly Hills? I live in Beverly Hills adjacent. (laughs) So here's this. So I was looking for an apartment. And uh, I, I found this apartment on, like, West Side Rentals when it was a thing or whatever. It's mm-hmm. a, is it? I don't even know if it's still there. Um, but I, I found it. it I found it, and um, I loved it. And the manager told me, you know, Beverly Hills is across the street. Like, this street, that's Beverly Hills. Well, and they said, they were telling me that, the, like, the vacancy at the apartment building on the other side 
is like two thousand more dollars than mine. Wow! Wow! Just so, because it's Beverly because Hills of the well. zip code. So yeah, and, you know. So it was so lucky. I got a great deal on nice. this on this great apartment. The kind of thing where you just have it until you can yeah. no longer like yeah. you have to upgrade so much. You know, to, totally to want right. to get rid of the space. But yeah, 100%. but I always say that I'm Beverly Hills adjacent because um, I can walk to Beverly Hills, but it's a bit of a walk. Well, yeah, I mean, compared to growing up in Maryland, I'm technically Beverly Hills adjacent now, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take me a day, but... <laughs> I sleep in a Luke Perry t-shirt, so I'm very Beverly Hills. <laughs> My favorite Beverly Hills story is when I was working as a um, intern or, or PA or whatever the hell mm-hmm. on a children's hospital. And, um, oh, my God, how's my Henry, Henry Winkler? Mm-hmm. I had to deliver a script to him. So I went to his place in Beverly Hills and I gave him the script and he said, you know, he's the sweetest old man that's ever lived. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, thank you so much. Would you like to come in for a pork chop? Whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you go in? I didn't go in because I was like, I felt bad. I was working. I didn't know what to do. And I was so like, no, I'm good. But I've, I've regretted it. I should have come in for a pork chop. I can't you always I go to the Fonz's house for pork I, chops. I, <laughs> I'm so, I really, that's probably my biggest regret is not, is not saying yes to the that's Fonz's pork chop. That's a solid one. That's a solid one. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a real regret. I don't even eat pork and I would still go inside. For, for real. Pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just like elbows the oven to make it go. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he saw something special in you because I remember I was, I interned her in that show too. And I delivered a script to him one night and I did not get asked inside for a pork chop. I hope I wasn't propositioned. <laughs> I don't think no. so. I mean, I just. I he's a we just man, discovered so Henry so. Winkler has a version of The Bachelor. <laughs> no one knows <laughs> about. Did you get the pork chop? No. I'm sorry. You have to go. That's his rose. Oh, my God. I would watch the fuck out of him being The Bachelor. Oh, I would, oh, so. that would be such a good show. Be beautiful. He would feel so bad, like... Uh, saying no to people though he'd be like I just it's not I'm it's not you it's me I'm so I'm uh, you can stay nobody gets eliminated every week it's the exact same group of girls by the end (laughs) (laughs) we'll find something for you to do he adds more women because he doesn't want them to be lonely he's like bring your friends (laughs) yeah it's just the nicest harem in the world it's just like I don't even I don't even touch them or talk to them man that sounds like a lot of pork chops (laughs) A lot. A lot of pigs will die in the making of that show. <laughs> Damn. I, I think they do for the regular Bachelor anyway for some Absolutely, reason. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. I... I've, I think I've said this before, but I think being on The Bachelor would be so great if you could just be one of the girls in the background who just gets to, like, hang out at the house. Like, I think I could have a nice month just, like, hanging out at a nice house with some cocktails. And not the ones who just skate by and they're yes. never on camera, but you see them in the background once in a while and you're like, wait, who the fuck was that? I would mm. like to be that girl. Yo, but th- that's, that's, a, a that's what used to happen back in the day with Last Comics Tanding, where like <laughs> <laughs> you would audition and you would make the show and then when it aired, you were just in the back and nobody knew that you had like made it to were the next round. Yes. Oh <laughs> my God. You know, I was, on, I was on it two years. Let me tell you, the first year. Oh shit. The first year, I got to the point where they vetted me, and yeah, I was yeah. all excited. Oh my! Oh my God! Right? 
this and is then, it. Baby. Yes, yeah. right. They drop me and they say we overvet enough, like more than enough people, just in case mm. the other ones don't make it. So I was oh, one of those. You. Then the yeah. second time, <laughs> I was in. Uh, I was in, uh, it was the last season, so it was like 2010, it was a while ago, and I yeah. made it to semifinals, and um, after my set, Natasha Legero was yeah. one of the judges, and yeah. she made a comment about how I, she thought I was a teenager, <laughs> like, because I looked, she thought I looked really young, so <laughs> she basically said, you're very funny, I can't wait to see you. <laughs> No, that's so funny. So when, when the episode aired, I love Natasha. Like, I don't think I've ever... She's like, once you're able, you're old enough to go to bar shows, then... Wait, I, know, I know, it's like, exactly. But I remember when they cut the episode, like, I was barely there because they couldn't show that she thought I was a teenager. So, <laughs> so I was those women in the back and uh, I did drink and it was fun. Was it nice? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems nice. I did laugh for Olympic standing, like, before I, when I was too early in comedy to know that, like, you didn't actually get an audition unless you had, like, a manager submit you. I did the whole, like, sleeping on the sidewalk thing. Oh, my God. I spent, like, 13 hours on the sidewalk in the rain. Finally did my little, like, two-minute set. and they Beverly cut- Hills adjacent. Beverly Hills adjacent, <laughs> mind you, right outside Fred Siegel. And then, like, they cut me off, like, a minute into my two-minute set, and I just started crying from exhaustion. And that's when I realized, like, oh, this is how reality shows work. They just make you cry. I thought you were going to say, and that was when I realized comedy's for me. (laughs) (laughs) We're all still here. Sorry. (laughs) It's so true, though. Like, so many of the shitty stories, you're like, and that's what happened. And it was one of the best times of my life. (laughs) Wait, Brandy, didn't you and I think about sleeping out? Was that was I with you, or I was with somebody where we went and looked at the line, and then we decided not to? Yeah, yeah, we like drove. We did a drive by, and we're like, let's see what this is, and then we just recognized too many people from open mics. We didn't want to talk to them. We're like, oh no, not you, Tess, not Tess. No, 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 no. different year, different year. (laughs) It was just like all the open mic weirdos were there, and we're like, I can't. I, I'm not, I can't imagine standing in that line because I can't handle talking to them in an open mic. No, I think I'm good. <laughs> That's fair. Did, I mean, seriously, yeah. I'm the same way. I'm the same <laughs> way. <laughs> did you, it was last coming, did they make everyone live together? Or was that At the beginning different? they did. Yeah, okay, they did. Okay. Yeah. What a funny, <laughs> I love that. Just throw them all in the house. I mean, to be fair, reality TV is best when everyone's just thrown in a house and we know this, but. Yeah. That's just such a funny concept. But like, can you imagine like America's Got Talent living in the same house? Like, you got you got <laughs> yeah. a fucking kid singer next to the flamethrowers, and they're like, "Oh, like, what are you doing, kid?" And she's like, "I like fire." And she gets, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so weird. Whole, like, you got your fire sense. in my yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, and you know that comic house was like completely different from reality because if it was actually a house full of comics, it would have been all the guys in their own room. Shades completely drawn, completely dark, just masturbating all day and hung over from something and not speaking to anybody and grunts until it's set. <laughs> that's, that's what every, every time I've ever toured with a dude on the road, I'm like, you know, we can have a nice day, right? Do you know we can just we can just go outside and have a nice day first? Oh, you want to sit here surrounded by wet towels that are wetter than they ever. Why are your towels so wet? <laughs> Don't take them in the shower with you. Why are you covered in wet towels? Just like 
with the just what are you hiding from? Hey, they're the mildew men, and they represent a large swath of our comedian friends. <laughs> so true. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, idiots. Okay, let's do we'll do a few uh who what when where why questions here. Yeah. Who what where when who what where when who what where when who what where when why We had a listener for our, our bonus episode this month we did listener submitted ones and then I realized that we had an email um of ones that we didn't get to, so we'll do a few. Yeah. And these are very open to interpretation, so yeah, what, no there, right, is, no wrong there are no wrong answers. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Ooh, this one's mysterious. Who were you before dot, dot, dot? <laughs> <laughs> Your face. <laughs> this feels like a Batman setup. Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah. do you mean? Am I What's supposed to admit story? my secret What's identity? Did my therapist story? put you up to this? <laughs> <laughs> We do, yeah, we're all, this is basically a free therapy session, so we report back. um, um, (laughs) What was it again? Who were you before? Who were you before? Who were you before? Who was I before? Who was I before? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Who was I before? I used to cosplay musical theaters that I loved. (laughs) Oh! Oh! A woman after her yes. own heart. Yeah, that's Absolutely. correct. Absolutely. What were your What were your favorite musicals um, that you cosplayed? I well, obviously, I did Mimi from Rent. Of course. Uh, yes. I did. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I did. Uh, Ellen from Miss Saigon. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! I did. <laughs> This is really funny because, especially because we talked about Comic Con the last episode, we were kind of making fun of cosplay, and but but you said cosplay for musical theater. Me and Tess were like, yes. yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, in that case, I'm in. Well, look. Okay, first of all, can we talk about cosplay? Look, I, I love Comic Con. I, I like the Comic Cons a lot. You know, I went to the yeah, San yeah. Diego one a couple of years ago for the first time. I have really bad social anxiety. So I was trying to hold off on going there because I knew it's it a lot. Was I mean, I think fun. that's the biggest part we were talking about. It's just so many people. It's, yeah. It's a lot to But it was with. weird because, you know, I was having a, a talk with a friend of mine a couple of days ago and we were hypothetically asking each other what we would cosplay as if we had like a day to prepare. And I would, told him I would like to cosplay as one of the misfits from Gem and the Holograms. Yeah. You know? Ooh, yeah. Because it's specific. Yeah. I know it, everything. Mm-hmm. What I didn't understand about the cosplay and I wasn't ready for is that um, I feel like I, I wasn't expecting to see so many Harlequins. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's oh, like, you pick, you, you go with one that idea. That is the number one. Yeah, it's like you go yeah. with one idea and it's just multiplied by a thousand, you know? And it just seems throughout the day, it just seems like it's, they're like Harlequins at, at different times of day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you see, so it's the it's same. Harlequin's day to night outfit. Yeah, yeah but I guess Harlequin, like, it's neutral color, so it looks good on everyone. Mm-hmm. And she's hot. You still want to be hot. Yeah. yeah, I think she's the female answer to Jack Sparrow, right? Uh, ooh, <laughs> right. Ooh. Here's the character that everyone wants to fuck and have a fantasy well, around. And it. also, like, yeah. it's like few and it's like fairly easy to put together, so you don't need yeah, to like yeah. do that much. You know, you pigtails and like red, white, and blue shit. Yeah, she's got a fun voice. If you want to get into the voices of everything, she's got that whole Mister J thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you you know. It, 
It's one of those things where I always wonder how, the percentage of how many people cosplay characters they really want to be, mm-hmm. or if it's just out of practicality. You know what I mean? So it's that weird for thing. Sure. So for me, you know, back when I used to do that for like theater, we didn't have, we, look, this was way before mm-hmm. Hamilton. You know what I mean? Yes. This is what back then I we had to buy the we I had to buy the CDs of the original like cast recording. Oh yeah. Because yes. They, oh, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't just buy them on iTunes or anything like that. <laughs> you, had to, you had to show your face at a warehouse music and admit to everyone there that you did not want the new fucking Jane's addiction. You wanted the Miss Saigon double C D, please and thank you. I'm sorry. I don't know who Britney Spears is. Do you have Ragtime the Musical? Two CDs? Audra McDonald? <laughs> oh my god, did you? Well, Rent just celebrated, I think, the 25th anniversary. We had Anthony Rapp on the show. Oh, before. I like Anthony. I did a podcast with him. He's great. I love he's him. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's, he's super sweet. One of our best, uh, whatever you want to call it, moments ever was Anthony Rapp. We were talking about how um, Lynn Manuel Miranda sounds like him when he sings, sort of. And oh! My God, you're <laughs> right? so the over enunciation and like oh the yeah, my. yeah, it's kind of that nerdy like overtone, and then yeah. and so and then Anthony <laughs> saying, "I'm not throwing away my shot." And then Lynn, we met Lynn, and he told us he'd heard that, and he was like, "Yeah, well, I sing like Anthony because that's what I listen to," and it was just like this mind blowing like moment of like, Dude. "What's going on?" I like immediately started thinking of La Vie Bohème. <laughs> that yeah, was like, yeah. that's totally like Lynn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, that was so a mind blowing moment. <laughs> that was I not ready that. for that. <laughs> would you would you lip sync along to the when you were in cosplay as a musical character? Is it that what you would do, or like what was the application of it? I would sing the songs. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I was I was a really big musical theater fan. My goal in life was to always be on Broadway. And then okay. when I was in college, no shit. I want to say my my freshman year, a voice teacher said that as a Latina. I could be in West Side Story and oh. I could be in Chorus Line. And that was it. You know, so I my heart was just Jesus. like, I've been working my entire life for this. You know, yeah. it's like, so you have to kind of, that's actually one of the reasons I started doing stand-up. Because I really? like performing and stuff. But yeah. what I like yeah, about Yeah, you had to make your own, make yeah, your own, like, You create time. your own world and you create yeah. everything. I didn't, mm-hmm. I loved stand-up growing up. But I grew up in a border town in South Texas I didn't know stand-up comedy was a job, you know, mm-hmm. because to me, it seems so luxurious that people could just talk, you know, mm-hmm. like that was their job to talk, you know, but yeah. I come in, you know, my, the area that I grew up in is like, uh, is very heavily um, populated with migrant farm workers. So we were always taught that jobs had to hurt, you know, so this like right. intellectual kind of job, I always didn't even think was real, you know, mm-hmm. so um, I actually started, I started stand-up. I applied for a job. I responded to a help wanted ad that was at the comedy club in Dallas. Oh they my needed God. <laughs> they needed an office manager and I needed yeah. a job. And yeah. uh, I lied and I said that I had all these qualifications that I didn't. I lied mm-hmm. and said that my, you know my sister uh, my sister was married at the time so I I made her lie and say that she was my former boss and she loves me because we have different names. Got the yeah. job. And I would sit and say, Had you been to a comedy club and stuff before? I had gone to see uh, Dave Chappelle in St. Louis, uh, like in the 90s. So it was just, you know, but um, again, it was just so weird. When I got the job, I started seeing people do stand up. 
And it just seemed so magical, you know? And it was cool because with stand-up, you see so many styles, especially Mm -hmm. working at a club. You you see what works for everybody, and you realize that there's no right or wrong in stand-up. It's Mm -hmm. really, like, the only way that you can, like, have any kind of success is, first of all, you don't know. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, the thing is, is you have to just, you really have to kind of find what you are and that takes a long fucking time, you know? And yeah. it wasn't until somebody uh, suggested, Wanda Sykes came in to headline the, uh, the, sh- uh, the club for the weekend. She had Keith Robinson with, him, with her. She was, he was opening. And we were hanging out in the back in the office. And he just looked at me and said, you're going to do stand-up. And I was, didn't have a clue. And then mm-hmm. I think I started doing stand-up maybe in the next six months or so. And it was mm-hmm. this thing where I thought, holy shit, like, if yeah. if I'm going to do it anyway, like, this is the way I'm going to do it. I get to be in front of a live audience. I get to write whatever the hell I want. I get to act out and do whatever the hell I want on stage. This is it. Like, this is my chance to do it. So yeah. that's how I got into stand-up, and I love it. You know, it's like, like that's that was it. Uh, have you that's amazing. To, have you talked to Keith or uh, Wanda about, like, that, conversation Wanda and I, I Wanda and I are actually really good friends so it's a it was that thing where uh she's a really big supporter which I'm very lucky to have she didn't remember it yeah you know so it was like that thing <laughs> that's the worst thing when like when you want to mention something to someone that was so moving and fucking great for you and they're like <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. what happened <laughs> you're like um I, never mind. You, never you mind. Me life? too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you changed my life. Remember that? Do you remember? Yeah. It's just the full crux of, of momentum of my life completely changed that moment. Totally. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's, cool. it's okay if you don't remember. It's just yeah. It's fine. It's just my life. I don't want to brag, but people talk to me a lot about those moments that I don't remember. So. <laughs> I think I've been part of a few of those that I don't recall at all. (laughs) Well, memory is so weird too. Just like everything is so based on perception. And like, I don't know, lately because I'm, I'm quarantining at my childhood home. Like I'll be like, it's so weird. I'll like open a drawer and be like, Oh, there's the spoon that I took my dead goldfish out when I was a kid. Like, like everything is like triggering weird memories. And it's just so weird to think of them just like sitting dormant in the back of your brain. And the fact that having, yeah, sorry, but just different things stick for different people. It's just weird. I've been having a lot of like memory flashbacks lately in quarantine and it, it's not very normal for me. Cause I just don't, I'm more of like a go forward per, I don't like think about the past that much. And I don't know if this is happening to you guys more. Also, I'm noticing a lot more um, coincidences than usual. Has this been happening to anybody? Ooh, like what? What do you mean by like coincidences? <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. okay. Okay. Here's an example. And maybe this is just like making something out of nothing, you know, but, um, I was me, me and my boyfriend were like driving around and mm-hmm. we saw if a target in Glendale has those frosted, frosted, uh, cubes in the wall. Do you know that like kind of interior design? That's like a frosted. Yeah. yeah it's like a very nineties, yeah, like yeah. aesthetic. The, mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but I was like, I love those. Like, I don't know. I really love that. Like glass cube, weird frosted thing. And then we saw it a few more times when we were driving around and I was like, oh yeah, see you right there. And then like three hours later, we were hanging out in my kitchen and my fucking roommate mentioned them. And mm-hmm. like, oh, the that's weird. Of, yeah. Oh. The odds of, I was like, what the fuck? Like the odds that you would mention these yeah. glass cubes and stuff. Stuff like that has happened like quite often the past two months and it's just weirding me That's out. That's actually so. really interesting. It's kind of like when you have a, a song in your head and you hear it the same day 
and it's not one of yes. those songs that that automatically pops in you know what I mean and you're like yeah and I always believe that there's something there's a reason why that happens because the odds of that what Mm -hmm. are the odds of that like you were saying you like you don't even know what kind of architecture it is it's basically extinct why was he even talking about it yeah (laughs) but then I also think like I don't know. The world is essentially a chaotic place. And it's like, you know how like we don't dream in a narrative, but then when you try to explain your dream to someone, you like superimpose the narrative on top of it. I think that those coincidences are you trying to put some kind of like coherent narrative to your life. But I also think that just by virtue of you noticing it, you give it meaning. Like it means something because you notice right. it. Right. Of course. Yeah. You guys, this just turned into the view. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what the view is like? Yes, wow. this is exactly what the view is like. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm going to go full Whoopi Goldberg over here. <laughs> what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> I mean, I will say this is what it manifested for me, which is that we have my other roommates moving out. So we have like an extra room in our house now since oh, my cool. boyfriend's going to be in my room. Mm-hmm. And um, I for this is what the frosted glass happened with me is I was like why don't we decorate this room like really mid 90s and he was like what why and I'm like yeah we can get like an old colored iMac and like floppy disk <laughs> he was like why <laughs> I'm like it'll just be cool <laughs> so now I'm thinking we'll also have a divider made out of those cubes so that's where, that's where it's, where it's manifesting for me I love I love that you're building a pop-up in your own home <laughs> it's great. I pretty much am for no one and he was like, you're going to spend a lot of money on this. And I was like, no, it'll be cheap. I don't know why, but to me, those glass cubes really signify wealth. <laughs> no, I totally get it. Because if you saw it back, like, in, like if you see it in old movies, it's always at rich people's houses. Like, yeah. You're, you're not seeing that. You know, you're not seeing those fucking glass cubes at a trailer. It's because they need enough of them to like, it is a room divider usually. So that means they have a room big enough to divide with. These yeah. <laughs> I, I always, they always feel very decadent when they're like in a shower that has like a window to the outside too. That's my favorite oh, use of them. When you're just me like, too. I'm in the shower and I'm like, can feel the sunlight. <laughs> it's crazy right now. <laughs> I, I always look at those bathrooms and I'm like, fuck you for being able to have plants in your bathroom. <laughs> motherfucker exactly the opulence Uh, i will say there's no no better feeling than an outdoor shower which is actually like the most like primitive thing you can do is like bathe outside but it feels very luxurious i was just as we were mentioning this i was thinking about the only time i've done acid and the taking a shower (laughs) It, while I was high on acid, it was like one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. And I was like, I couldn't even get my, my bathing suit off. I was like a mess, but it was a very, it was a great time. I, I miss, bet. I miss these, those times. I literally just struggled with your swimsuit. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I was, I was like, it's like, it's like you're setting up a Wi-Fi router. Like, you're just like, I cannot figure this <laughs> out. Like, how is like, fuck is this? What were you wearing? A three-piece swimsuit? It had a vest? Like, what? <laughs> a corseted, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, corseted, a corseted swimsuit. It had a train. Yeah, it was Dude, a, a Victorian swim garment. <laughs> One time I was on shrooms with a bunch of my friends and they all started hallucinating that I was naked. 
And so can you oh. imagine being on drugs and a bunch of people are telling you you're naked? And I was like, guys, I don't think I'm naked. And I was like, but obviously, if everyone else is telling you you're naked, you start to think you're fucking naked. It's like the opposite of the Greek. It's like the opposite of pretending the audience is naked. Yes. Wait, Taz, so how many, how, many people, how many people were there? And did it all seem like they all just kind of agreed on it naturally? Yes! There were six people in total, and the other five all swore that I was naked. And I was not naked. I like you keep insisting that you weren't. All right, we we have some investigating to do. We'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, we're back on Lady to Lady. I'm Babs. I'm Brandy. I'm Tess. And, and I'm Christella. Christella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Tess is wearing clothes, by the way, just for the, yes. the listeners at home. We, is she video though? Because I don't see them. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, we need. Let's send us lady problems, you guys. We're we're we need them. So send them to us. Lady to lady comedy at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we'll in a drought. Help. Yeah, we'll help you out. Um, yeah, advice, y'all know. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we're just going to continue with the who, what, when, where, why questions because we, I was yeah. going to say, I guess, a lady problem, but it's not really, it's just kind of like surviving in this, in, <laughs> how, how do we survive in this weird, weird uh, world? Do you guys have any advice? Take it a day at a time. Don't think too far <laughs> ahead. Uh, <laughs> go easy on yourself and uh, see the sun once a day at least. <laughs> that's all, that's all very good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, you know, I would actually say I think that I'm actually doing a lot better than I thought I was going to be doing during this time. And Mm -hmm. I think that it goes into a lot of factors. But I have to I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about this um, because we were both saying that we kind of feel guilty at times that we do so well. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes when we're in really good moods and we feel like we're being productive, we feel guilty, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's this. And I was telling him. But at the same time, though. You have to capture those moments where you're happy because right now, if you pay attention to anything, they're not trying to depress you, but you can't help but be depressed. So it's, yes. it, you know, it's this thing where right now you have to really try to do things, at least one thing that will make you happy because mm-hmm. the rest of the time, it's actually harder to make yourself happy than to just kind of be nothing or be down, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, what I, what's been working for me right now is to just really kind of roll with how I feel and not try to judge it, you know, because the moment That's huge, yeah. yeah. So like the moment I start judging it, well, why shouldn't I be happy? Why shouldn't I want to laugh right now? Why shouldn't, you know, yeah. it's just as important. And it's so weird because I think a lot of us are, especially in this industry and in in like with standups and stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, there's so many people, I don't like to say a lot, but there's so many that struggle just on a daily basis when we're not quarantined, you know, that, you know, it's such an important thing that you're just like, Hey, you want to play animal crossing for an hour? You should fucking go do that. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it kind of relates almost to that thing you were talking about, about work is supposed to hurt. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that we have this cultural, especially right now, it's like, Oh, everyone's upset. So I, I was texting with my aunt the other day and I had had like an awesome day. Like we had driven to the beach. I'd gone outside and she was like, how are you guys doing? And I was like, 
okay, we're mostly stuck inside. And I was like, why did I just lie? I had an awesome day, but I felt like the, the nice thing to do was just lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, you don't want to, like, rub it into anybody who's having a rough time. So it makes sense to kind of, like play it totally know. well look it's not like <laughs> it's not like i'm gonna answer the phone i'm like hey living fucking great how you doing who's this yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm actually thriving so <laughs> hello how are you? oh i'm sorry yeah. you need money i can't hear you i'm too busy counting all of it like you know what I mean? yeah. Like, yeah, exactly <laughs> so dumb <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how it's so different day to day. Like I've been, I have been having that thing too. Where I've been feeling a little bit guilty because I've been doing pretty well and like mm-hmm. feeling fine. And I just, I don't really get like, I don't know, whatever. I, I usually am okay with change and stuff like that. So I've just been kind of like writing it. But man, today I woke up so early and like, I just like was obsessing over mm-hmm. basically like friends who are in hard places that I can't help with you know what I mean yeah. and like and I just started like crying like thinking about all my friends who were lonely and people you know what I mean mm-hmm. just like I feel very very fortunate to have what I have and like oh yeah. and then we watched I, I was like the only thing that's gonna help is like watching old movies so I've been, I watched um Alice in Wonderland and uh 101 Dalmatians and like there was this part where you know they have the little the, they give birth to all the dogs and then like they think one's oh, not gonna make it the, and they yeah, the stillborn one they rub it and it like comes to life and i've been really having a hard time because my my roommate is moving out and she's taking her cat with her and i'm like yeah you know she's taking cat pig and um cat pig was like a runt like almost didn't make it and so i like cat pig was sitting on us and i was like that was her she like (laughs) i just was like oh boy and i was like i haven't had a day like this where i just was like completely overcome with emotion you know yeah but i think like you were saying christella it was Mm-hmm. I, it was really important for me to just sit back and be like, okay, well, if this is how you feel, like, this is how you feel, you know, just like, yeah, it, yeah. It, like, I've been, I've been embracing how feeling good the other day, so I should just embrace feeling, like, kind of not good today. <laughs> for Can sure. I just say this, is. too? Okay. <laughs> I don't understand this, and it's not even about quarantine. It's been going on for a couple years, but this whole, this whole notion of, like, you have to give yourself self-care. I'm like, are there people that aren't doing that? Because I spoil myself constantly. Like, that is not a problem. Like, I do not need to be talked into, like, giving myself treats. Are there I really people? I think it's people? probably for people with kids or something. Oh. <laughs> I think the self-care thing for me is always... The one problem I have with self-care is that it always seems like you have to do something really positive and for me, I've realized that, like, admitting when I don't like someone is positive for me. <laughs> That's self-care. Yes. I you was going to say, self-care can also be talking mad shit on someone. You yeah, know? you know, Absolutely. so it's that, it's that thing where, like, when, when people think yeah. of self-care, they think of, uh, you know, meditation and blah, 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 massage mm-hmm. and everything. And the other day I started thinking, like... You know, my self-care is to tell you I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that is my self-care. Like, my yeah. self-care is to tell you you're a piece of shit if you're a piece of shit. And that's mm-hmm. okay, because it makes me feel good. <laughs> but, <you know>? Absolutely. 
I yeah. mean, that's a that's a big weight lifted. That is literally self care. Just be Absolutely. like, you don't belong. You're not good enough for me. Goodbye. You know? I don't need to give you. I time. love it. Well, I think a lot of self care is like drawing boundaries that help you versus like giving to, and and that's a version of it where you're like, I don't fucking like you, and that is you saying, I this is a fucking boundary and I'm done. So if you're if you're not good at boundaries, I think you're you're it's hard to make give yourself the space to treat yourself because you're like, no, no, I'm doing this stuff for other people, and you can run yourself out like way too ragged that way. Yeah, I think no, like that's where it comes in. I like I get the slightest bit stressed out, and I'm like, I have to go to the Korean spa. I need. I'm just like. So- such a little bitch like I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like I deserve a burrito like I think I just deserve things I'm just spoiling myself I give myself whatever the fuck I want whenever the fuck that's I want that's good that's great is it I don't know <laughs> I, I'll tell you I, it actually is because I will tell you this is interesting like I don't want to brag but I've got therapy money I go to therapy <laughs> right and <laughs> One thing that I have learned in all the time that I've been going to therapy most recently is that I actually didn't know what self-care was because I always thought it was a luxury. So I always thought that I didn't deserve self-care because, again, when we think of self-care, we think of it in this beautiful, majestic, like magical way. And it wasn't, you know, for me, what really helped me was when I, I finally understood that to create those boundaries like you were talking about, Randy, like yeah. to create those boundaries, that took a lot of work because it takes a lot of work within you to get mm-hmm. to that point where you realize that you're OK with it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. totally. you know, like I, with my you know, when I found out I, was, I had social anxiety, I realized that so many people I'm the person if you see me at a club, I don't I don't really interact with people. I go do mm-hmm. my set. I leave, I, like, I'm, I'm home, you know, and I, yeah. I don't hang out. I never have. And so, you know, I've, I know that people, I think, uh, in the past have wondered, why doesn't she hang out? Why doesn't mm-hmm. she do this? And it's basically because I'm terrified to, you know? Mm-hmm. And once I started, once I started t- telling people mm-hmm. what I knew, it was a game changer because then mm-hmm. people started reacting to me differently because they understood, you know, because for so long... I think a lot of them thought I was just shitty, you know, but the thing is, is that I'm actually yeah. terrified about being around people right. and stuff, which, and, you know, that yeah. comes with the boundaries. I hate that, too, because I hate that, like, it's hard with stand up because there is such that expectation of being social. And it's like, but it yeah. is a job. I, I can't. It's like I do this every night. I can't afford to also be here an additional two hours to, like. Yeah. With the, it's just yes. not like I can't do that and also be human who functions. It's just not. I'll tell you when me. I go to like when I go hang out at the uh, at the improv, if I have a set and I uh, and I go to the bar and I ask for a beer, the mm-hmm. bartenders know that I'm going to hang out, which is such a rarity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's that thing yeah, where yeah. they look at me like I just had a makeover and I'm walking down the stairs like they're so shocked that they don't like what is going on? <laughs> who is she? Like what is happening? You know, the double take. <laughs> yeah. who's going to prom right now (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful well i think it's hard too because for yeah if you're like trying to get break in it's such such a thing especially you know the store and stuff obviously where it's like well you gotta hang out you gotta hang out you gotta hang out and like that becomes such a thing that's built in with it where it's like well if you're not around 24 hours a day everyone's gonna forget you exist and that's just like i already have the pressure of like just trying to be funny on stage just doing the actual work like (laughs) yeah now i have to like 
be here all the time like it's crazy well it's also like if you're a comedian you we want people to like us so I feel like that's another thing that's hard to like separate it's like I don't care if you're an audience I want you to like me no matter what and so it's sometimes hard for me to like turn that off and like not get off stage and not worry about whether people like me for sure. Well, and I think a lot of comedians, and obviously not all of them, but I think a lot of comedians that have like that kind of problem too, you are also, you're, you're the, the keeper of the emotions in your family or like the person that like understands all of the relationships the most, because like, mm. I at least did for sure that person in my family where I'm like, uh, no, 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 no. That's happening. You're upset because of this actually is what's going on. So it's like, you're, you just, you take on so much of other people's stuff that it becomes harder to learn how to like draw those lines and, and to make the space for yourself because to like grow up surviving and there was no room for it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I haven't thought about that, but I mean, that's definitely true for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm, I'm on Medi-Cal, so I also have therapy, no money. So. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, I don't want to up you, well, I but think... I do have a psychiatrist as well. Ooh. <laughs> wow. That's what you get when you live Beverly Hills adjacent. <laughs> This comes when you rent the place, right? You have to have that. Yeah. I couldn't afford that shit if I lived across the street in that other building. No. That motherfucker is stuck without pills. I hope you enjoy your zip code, bitch. I might take an extra one just because I got the extra pill. Like, I don't even... Yes. Dude, I used to be a substitute teacher for Beverly Hills School District. Oh. And, which was like... Hilarious. I mean, I was 22 years old. I had no business being in a school, but um, I had adult braces. My thong was always hanging out. But um, <laughs> there were kids that would go to the high school that were so rich that their parents would buy an apartment for them to have that zip code. And so on lunch, these 15, 16-year-old kids had their own fucking house to go to. Like, can you imagine oh having God. such an amazing life as a teenager that you I have mean, your own house? I feel All like I have- you're... You're setting them up for a real drop at some point. Well, of point. course, but yeah. you were, yeah. so. Well, yeah. yeah. My All high school was like is- a Latino lean on me. Like, like, <laughs> I don't understand this. Like, how does that even work? Like, <laughs> the idea that they didn't have to share books, I don't even understand that. Like, <laughs> it was insane. We had a yoga teacher. There was, like, an astrologist. Like, yeah, it was the most. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I'm just, I, I'm imagining the snacks, like, because all I'm imagining is just going and you just have a fridge full of, like, what, like, Capri Sun and, like, fruit by the foot. Oh, it's like, a fucking <laughs> chef. There's a chef there. They have a Making LaCroix you fridge. It's all, LaCroix. <laughs> it's all LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, LaCroix exactly. in those different colored bottles that you can't really tell the difference. I'm like, yeah. is it pamplemousse? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. You know what else? I don't know if this is uh, all high school kids, like, um... What are the flaming hot Cheetos and cream cheese? That is like across the board. All high school I will kids say like that. I worked in the cafeteria at high school and the flaming hot Cheetos were the number one thing to go. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Uh, so the Latino thing is uh, doing hot cheese, like nacho cheese. Oh, on the flaming hots? Yeah. When you eat them with a spoon. And this okay. cheese has to be like burning hot, like, like nachos yeah. and stuff, so that the hot Cheetos get warm too. So, Ooh. you guys, go take, like, go tell the villagers. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to know about. You're not supposed to tell us about this hot tip. <laughs> go Wait, tell the village. The, do you guys know the history of the hot Cheeto? Yes. How it was invented by like no, a, jan- a janitor. Me. He's my friend. Jan- 
Wait, really? What? Oh, then you, te- you tell his story. It's beautiful. I love it. Your friends invented hot Cheetos? Yes. This is deeply inspirational. I love this so much. Um, See, coincidence. I'm telling you guys, quarantine coincidences. Come on, Red String. Let's do this. Richard uh, Richard was a janitor at the Frito-Lay company, and they, back then they would have these occasional um, pitch meetings They would actually where they would actually let some employees go pitch an idea or something. And mm-hmm. with him, he just... He always had this idea, you know, uh, let's make these Cheetos into these spicy, like hot flaming Cheetos, you know, and he actually started working on this idea and he, he like gave them the idea and he was basically like, what do you think? And Uh even then they were like, okay, like, you know, Uh that sounds kind of interesting. So now... If I'm not mistaken, I think last time he told me, and it's been like a year, a couple years ago, but he, yeah. um, he is, like, it's the most popular product in their yeah. company. And yeah. uh, he's, he's given like a lifetime position at the company now, you know, Whoa. because of like his success. If you go to, he has this awesome, he has this like Instagram because he has his Instagram account. It's, um, if you look it up. He actually posts, he'll post ties, like Versace ties and stuff like that that he buys every now and then. (laughs) And he gives you this long caption of how he just never thought they were real. He never thought he could afford them. And this is like, you know, like it was just so mind blowing. And now they're making his, uh, his life story into a movie. Whoa! (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That is so inspirational, and that is exactly the kind of shit that, like, every stoner sitting on the couch thinks is going to happen when they're like, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cookie nachos, guys. Cookie fucking nachos. <laughs> I, I, I told him that uh, the next special I do, if I were to shoot it, cause he had offered to send me free hot Cheetos to give out to the audience during my last taping. Oh, my God. And that's I, amazing. I, but he had offered way too late. So I told him if uh, I shot the next special in L.A., I wanted him to send over bo- like bags, like boxes of bags so we could just give them out to the audience and kind of make it into a party. <laughs> Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe you know him and Brandy That's so that's insane. insane. That's that rules. insane. Um I, his Instagram is also amazing. He has masks that are the hot Cheetos logo. That's great. <laughs> I love I'm him. so you glad he got because like man. I was scared. <laughs> you know him. what I mean? I was scared that you were gonna be like, and then he like got screwed. Yes. So I'm like so happy he like got the full. No, he, and he's like, and you know, and he actually does a lot of speaking engagements, especially in the Latino uh, Chamber of Commerce, like the, the my mm-hmm. you know leader, like leadership, you know, small business so owners cool. and stuff. And he tells his story, and I love him because he's just he is he is the same person. He's humble mm-hmm. as hell, but. He's also humble wearing Versace ties. Yeah, I was going to say, he just got Versace <laughs> ties. My favorite. Got the, those ties. Oh, no, do beautiful. the ties have red powder all over them? <laughs> <laughs> you know that uh, I wrote a book about my life and it came out in October and my first line in my book was about Red Hot Cheetos. So I tagged him on it and he was yes. so excited that like that I had mentioned them. Maybe that is Cheetos fucking amazing. Thing. That's amazing. <laughs> That is, actually, yeah, that's our that's our show. So tell everybody where they can get your book and everything like that as well. Uh, the mm-hmm. book is called uh, "Music to My Years." You can get it on Amazon, Audible. I did uh, I did the the narrating for the book, so I I do you you would hear my lovely voice. And that's uh, awesome. Awesome. I also have a podcast called "To Be Continued" with Christelle Alonzo, and that's available anywhere iTunes, Spotify, whatever you know, your mom's house. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So if my fun. mom knew how to listen to podcasts, but thank God she thank doesn't. Thank God she doesn't. <laughs> Hence, 
the acid story. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you so much, Christella. You're amazing. Uh, is there anything else you want to shout out to everybody? How can they find you on online? Uh, website Christellalonzo.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on IG. I, like, I'm sometimes on Facebook if I need people to just come and shit on me. <laughs> so, yeah. like, Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. I'm Christella9. And uh, yes. I, I usually, uh, I, I'm, I'm on there a lot. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, we're going to head over to Patreon and do our top secret session with Christella. Um, Patreon.com slash Lady Lady. You can find all that info. And thank you for all the new patrons. We really appreciate it. You guys are making a big difference for us right now. And um, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Can't get enough of us? Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive bonus content, access to our first 100 episodes, and more. Go to Patreon.com slash Lady to Lady now to sign up. As little as a dollar a month keeps a roof over the glam cave and keeps you laughing, even when your coworkers stare. That's patreon.com slash lady to lady. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at lady to lady comedy. Join our Facebook group, Lady to Lady Podcasts, to chat with other fans about episodes or even post your own lady problems. Check out our website, ladytoladycomedy.com, for show notes, videos, and merch. And duh, follow our individual accounts, Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker for jokes and info and where you can see us perform live. And if you want to send us snacks, stickers, or a lock of your own hair, I don't know, whatever, our P.O. Box is 412-794-Los Angeles, California, 90041. And please, leave us a review on iTunes, but only if you like mm-hmm. us. We love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.